Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Mark Ormond. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, um, I wanted to talk through an experience I've been having recently where I... So it's probably fair to say, I typically do lots and lots of small little bursts of work um, on a variety of my different apps. Like I have a lot of different apps, so I tend to just like be like a little bee just buzzing from flower to flower, like taking care of little things um, as they come. But every now and then I find myself in a situation where instead I need to kind of sit down and have a kind of a long extended you know, pr- development project to really push a product forward. And f- for me right now, um, that's around Workouts Plus Plus, which is my workout um, m- management and configuration app for uh, the Apple Watch. And so usually I would say the longest I, I work on a, you know, on a particular update to an app is maybe a week, sometimes two at the most. Um, and at this point, I'm coming up on two months working on this update for Workouts Plus Plus. So it's a pretty substantial amount of time and energy and investment that has gone into this update. And, you know, while I've had to do bits and pieces from side to side, which I'll actually get into as a topic, um, it's, it's a long time thing. And I think, is it looking right now, I'm aiming to have the update out the beginning of December which would have meant that it would have been about three months um, of work, which you know is a substantial investment. And for me, in this case, too, I also um, have this vague uh, sort of outside pressure that I want the app to be out at the beginning of December so that it can be, you know, sort of nice and stable and out and available for the new year when it is typically a, a, good, a good time and a big time for workout and health and fitness-related things. So... As I've been going through this process, I've been trying to keep be aware of kind of some of the things that I've had to keep in mind and some of the things that I've done um, as a result. And it seemed like an interesting topic to talk about through the show. So like probably the best place to start is just to kind of unpack some of the things that I've tried to make sure that I did before I started. Um, and so these are th- some of the qu- questions that I thought I needed to ask are like, it's like, why am I doing this? Like, and you know, why do I want to do this update? Do I think this is actually a good idea? Um, is it worth it? Like, is this going to be worth it either in terms of ma- you know, making the app dramatically better, expanding my market, making more money, um, garnering the attention of press or Apple, like whatever it is, it's like trying to understand why I'm doing it and if it's actually going to be worth doing, um, trying to understand what I'm actually trying to accomplish, mostly so that I can know when I'm done. Um, Because from experience, I know that often what will happen is I will go into one of these development projects where I'm like, okay, I give myself permission to kind of run wild and to not have it be just a couple of weeks. And then I can just sort of end up aimlessly wandering in the wilderness uh, for weeks and weeks because I don't really know where I'm going and I'm just enjoying like the development process, um, which can be kind of fun sometimes, but can also be really damaging or problematic um, to getting other things done if I just like to have this aimless wander. So trying to think about like, when will I know I'm done? What are the um, the core features? What are it's like my basic... Um, it's almost like when you're writing a term paper or something and you, you, so if you try and write the introduction and the conclusion, um, and then you fill in the middle, it's like trying to work out, well, what am I going to put in my release notes, um, when I submit this to the app store? And while that may change, you know, as development goes, it's like, if I can't concisely describe what it is I'm trying to do, I'm almost certainly, uh, going to get into trouble. Um, then asking questions like, is it possible? Um, and, 
if it's not, you know, how do I know or if, how, if I'm not sure if something's possible? Like in, for example, in this update, I've been working on a lot of um, Apple Watch audio playback stuff. Some of that is like kind of possible. Some some of it is completely impossible. <laughs> You're being very kind. We, we we've talked about this before. I don't need to, <laughs> to, go, to go into it in, in great detail. But finding that line between possible and impossible was very important to find out up, up front and to make sure before I committed a lot of energy to the parts of audio playback um, on the watch that are the support all the supporting stuff you have to do. You know, in terms of the, like the the easy part. Um, in some ways is that, is that core playback experience. Like the hard part is all the other management and file management and configuration and syncing and stuff you have to do. It's like making sure I deal with that first, but it's kind of this process of saying like, is this possible? Am I sure I can do it? What do I want to do? Um, and then why am I doing it? And if I can answer those questions, then I'm probably in a pretty good place uh, to get started. Yeah, I, this is an area, the whole just like long-term update or, or new app management um, that I, I'm just very bad at this. I, I'm very, very bad. Like I, I, I gave a talk a while ago at NS Conference about how I planned Overcast from a marketing perspective, like for oh, for one point, like for the initial app launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I made this big document, you know, similar to what you were just saying about how, um, you know, how you you kind of imagine the App Store release notes a, as like a goal and and like what 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 should those say and how do I get there? Um, I, I did I did a similar thing where like I basically like laid out the the marketing bullet points for Overcast. Why choose this over any other podcast app? I laid those out early on, and did a bunch of market research. You know, looking at the other apps to see like that were in, in the that were competitive at the time, and saying like, all right, well, why would somebody use Overcast over AppX? And I, and I went through all the competitors at the time, big and small. Like, why why should somebody choose Overcast over this app? And that kind of helped me plan my marketing, you know, focus for the app. It, it kind of helped inform the the feature selection, uh, what to focus on, what what to not really focus on, uh, certain markets that I chose just to not address. I'll have my app do X, Y, and Z. You know things like Smart Speed and Voice Boost and the manual, the, you know the the reorderable playlist stuff and everything, like all that stuff. That was like my main marketing bullet point list. An app is so much more complicated than that in practice. There's so much more you have to do. Those core features of the app were done probably after three or four months or at least close enough to done and then during the beta i kind of finished them but the app took me like a year and a half or two years to make i think so i forget exactly it's been a while now and so the entire rest of the time was spent doing things that were not on my planning list you know just doing all the different administrative screens and the back end on the servers and all the different ui details and i find that i'm very very bad at time management and uh and i would say completion estimation deadline estimation um once i get into all that nitty-gritty stuff of you know like the main feature might be complete or close to complete uh because the main feature might be some cool technical thing that i'm doing that you know that took maybe a day or two or or a month in in the worst cases you know but then the entire rest of the app around it that's so much more complicated you know, like I, I had a, a major problem with this this past summer when the iOS 11 uh, changes came in, and and even before I knew about the I, the uh, the iPhone 10. You know, e- even when I, when it was just iOS 11, drag and drop, and all the new table view mechanics and and everything else, I thought I would have time for a major feature update this fall, as well as a UI update to iOS 11. 
And not only did I did I totally fail at that, uh, but then at the very last minute, the iPhone 10 was announced, and you know we all knew it was rumored, and we you know we kind of knew that something like this was coming, but I don't think any of us really knew how much work it would be for apps to adopt it well. My my original plan for my 4.0 update con- contained so much more than what I actually shipped as 4.0 because the basics of it of just like keeping up with Apple that took the entire amount of time I had and the very very small number of bullet point features that actually made it out in addition to those like the like the new like contextual row actions where you can pull across the whole row to delete like mail I added those on the very last day of the beta it took me half a day. I added them in the very last build. <laughs> Everything, the entire rest of the time was spent on you know, every on the massive amount of work required to just update the UI for these things and to, to pull out some of my old hacks and to put in a couple of new hacks but try to keep the new hacks at least fewer in number <laughs> or severity than the old ones. And I just completely mismanaged and more importantly, totally misestimated the entire project. Yeah, and I feel like too the thing that I, I know it sounds similar to what happened to you, but I know it happens to me many times is not necessarily realizing too how once you start embarking down the road of a big update, the awkward position it finds you you find yourself in is then like the app from a user facing perspective essentially appears stalled. Um, that yeah. you note you all of a sudden you stop getting small minor like incremental updates that you know like the things that just take a half a day to work on uh to build and add to the app like all of a sudden they get sort of stuck behind this dam of this big feature that it feels really it's either technically difficult to ship because you end up with weird like version control management stuff of like well I could add it to the old version, but the old version is like massively going to be, you know, ripped apart and put back together, or it's doing work that is going to be, you know, replaced or have to be repeated in, you know, in the actual, like the new, the new feature branch or things like that. Like you end up in these really awkward places where suddenly the app just kind of gets stuck and that's really awkward. And I feel like in some ways it's a good thing to keep in the front of my mind that, you know, right now all of my apps except for Workouts Plus Plus, uh, have been updated for the iPhone X. Um, and that's like uh, that's good, like that all those, update, those updates are up. But for users of Workouts Plus Plus, as much as it's nice for me to be able to say, oh, coming soon, like awesome, amazing update that I think you're really going to love, um, it's kind of awkward, too, that it's, you know, the app that I'm putting the most effort into is the one that is falling the most behind, um, and so it's probably worth making sure that as we're starting on these projects, it's like a sort of timing them right. Like often I, I think we've talked about before in the show where it's often good to do these types of updates and maybe in the sort of like uh, February to April time, time frame, um, in sort of Apple's development cycle where things tend to be fairly calm before WWDC, um, which obviously I didn't do this time. And, uh, but in general, it's just a weird thing to keep in mind that like you have to make sure that is undertaking this project and pushing, making, putting the app into this weird sort of hiatus state, um, like worth it and a good thing to do. Um, just otherwise you can just sort of, you could actually end up shooting yourself in the foot by making the app get worse, feel sort of feel worse and worse to your customers. And by the time you finish, you arrive, it's like you arrive, you arrive back and be like, Hey, here's this great new thing. And they've all left. And, um, that could be rather problematic. 
This episode is brought to you by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Eero has created the dream Wi-Fi setup, a fast, reliable connection throughout your entire house, even out into your backyard if you want to. And now is the best time to get on board with Eero as they've just released their super slick second generation devices. Eero has now introduced their tri-band second generation model along with the Eero Beacon, which allows you to build a Wi-Fi system perfectly tailored to your home. The second generation Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, making it twice as fast as before. This lets you do more than ever. Whatever your Wi-Fi needs, Eero has the power to blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. It sits flat on any surface, just plug into the wall with the included power adapter, and you are ready to connect your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. And the new Eero also includes a new thread radio, which lets you connect to low-power devices such as locks, doorbells, and more. And the new Eero Beacon is pretty cool. The Eero Beacon, you just plug it into a wall, and it expands coverage into any room. You can add as many Eero Beacons as you want, as long as you have a base Eero device for them to connect to. And this even includes a built-in LED nightlight with an ambient night sensor. The beacon is super cool, super slick, plugs right in, sits flush against the wall. You barely even noticed there. It's really great. The Eero app also lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand, and you can also easily create and share a guest network, too. They make it so easy to do all this stuff. And the Eero customer support is great if you need any help. The new Eero system starts at just $3.99 for one second-generation Eero and two beacons, and that is everything you need for, I would say, almost any place. If you need more, you can add more later, but you probably don't need more than that. Uh, listeners of this show can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada when you head over to Eero.com, that's E-E-R-O.com, and use promo code RADAR. That's Eero.com, promo code RADAR for free overnight shipping. Thank you to Eero for supporting this show. So... Once you've gotten through all that and you're actually in the middle of building an update, uh, the hardest things I find in a lot of ways is keeping motivated, keeping um, keeping progress moving forward every day. Because you know, in a large part, like you, in independent development, often feels for, you know fairly isolated or lonely. But uh, it definitely feels the most isolated for me when I'm working on features that take weeks and weeks or months and months to work on because. It's just kind of like me off in this own my own little world uh, working on stuff. One thing I wanted to mention um, in the show is over the years of doing this, um, I've developed a little like, I don't even know, like it's a little mental crutch that for me helps me to stay motivated and to feel like I'm continuing to move forward. Because often what will happen, um, you know, you, is you can spend all day like a definitely you know focused hard working day of effort and you get to the end and you, you don't feel like you accomplished anything and that is just so motivate demotivating so crushing like those days are the, like then make me start questioning all kinds of things about whether i should even be working on this is this <laughs> yeah. good um should i just completely drop this app and like go do something else should i find a new career i'm terrible at this like lots of Lots of not not productive good things, but you're lucky if those are just days too. I've had months sure. like that. Yeah, but one thing that I have found to be helpful for me personally is to try and every day have something, one thing that I did that day that I can point to, um, which is can be as small as can be small, it can be big, whatever it is. But I try and structure my work such that at the end of the day, I have something that one thing that I can point to and say, like, that's what I did, that little feature, that thing. And it's a concrete, tangible um, example. And sometimes you can't do this. You know, some, some projects will just, you know, you're, you're doing, you're doing some deep model layer work that takes a few days and like, okay, 
but once you've done it, like then that becomes your thing for the, you know, the those three days. But I found that to be a really, and then at the end of every day, I I consciously make the the I consciously make the decision to think about what I did and to like remind myself of what I of that thing that I accomplished, even if it is just one thing. And typically, it is just one thing. Um, and that ha- I found doing that over and over again, kind of that the, this, this it keeps me um, honest in terms of keeps me from getting sucked down rabbit holes that are are un- sort of unproductive and I'm not actually getting anywhere in. You know, it's like if if I have nothing to show for the end of the day and that happens like two or three days in a row, like maybe something's wrong. Maybe I'm doing something that I really shouldn't be uh, doing. And it gives me that, 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 that awareness. And on the flip side, it helps me to just be aware of that and say like, yes, like I did that. I did this. And if you and I what I found is like it's somewhat obvious, but it's like if you string together enough days where you accomplish something tangible every day you make genuine progress. And so, I don't know, that's just like a little like silly trick that I've found for tricking myself into feel into making progress, um, especially in the midst of things that can take a long time. Yeah. It, it also, you know, for me, like, you know, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, doing my little swipe actions thing in half a day at the end, it made me feel a lot better about the release. Like it made me, you know, I was having so much doubt during the development cycle of my 4.0 of like, am I doing enough here that customers will actually care about? Like, if this is taking, you know, I'm spending, this is, we've talked about this before too, I'm spending months on this update, and is this actually including anything that my customers will get excited about, or is it just changing things, or just keeping up with iOS and, and new phones? Like, that's just a bare minimum of what I should be doing, is just keeping up. You know, ideally, I'm also making things better. And so I started to look for features that, were fairly low complexity to implement that people have been asking for and just try to knock some of those out in, in like the last few days that I had. Um, and that really helped a lot, not only for making the update better, but for making me feel like I had spent all this time to, for a, for like a sum total product here of something that was actually worth that time, even though the distribution within that of how i spent that time versus those meaningful features might not have been ideal yeah and i think the important thing there is even it almost makes me wonder if you would have been well served to do those small little features in the middle of your development cycle as best as you could um to try and like have these little rewards or these little um like psychological perks um, cause I know for myself, like I love having every now and then I'll often it ends up happening like it's on a Friday, but I'll just kind of like have a day where I just allow myself, like the thing I'm going to do is try something kind of crazy. Um, and I enjoy that. And it's like, it's a motivating thing and an encouraging thing. Um, and it allowing myself kind of a conscious decision to do that allows me to make progress in the like the, the kind of the meat and potatoes part of the app where it's maybe not quite as fun or not quite as interesting it's like well once i've done this then i can work on that cool thing that i know i'm going to feel good about um even though even if it is my, maybe just a teeny little detail or something that most users will never notice um like i remember when i was working on the achievement system in pedometer plus plus where you can earn badges um if you work on them, like I allowed myself a a day where I was just going to work on making the badges sparkle when you um, earn them. <laughs> That's so cool. Which was just like a totally silly idea. Like it, it's it's I love the I love it in the app. Like I think it works really well. And like you know the 
the menu bar button at the top that um, opens the badge page sparkles too with the same effect when you um, have you know have you when you earn a new badge and things and like it's great but it was like it was a reward for a lot of the other hard work of doing like some ridiculously or maybe surprisingly hard logic computation to work out you know how you how you calculate how long your streak is and what the longest streak you have is and like there's some really nasty work you have to do to make that make that happen but it's like having these little these little checkpoints along the way and like it was so fun on that day to the thing in my for my one thing to be like cool sparkly pixie dust like that was great (laughs) Um, and it's just being okay with the fact that like it's maybe it sounds a little silly that like you know i'm a i'm a grown professional but like these are the things I have to do to make to, to keep myself motivated. Be, understanding that if I if I'm unmotivated, if I'm not working um, effectively, like I'm not making progress. Like it's not like oh if if I'm if any you know, it's like I should just intrinsically be motivated to always work at maximal efficiency. It's like no, I have to trick myself and I have to do things that get you know allow me to get around the fact that I'll get stuck and I'll get demotivated. And then my productivity overall will drop precipitously as a result. Well, you know, you're human. Like, you know, you can't you can't blame yourself or feel bad for being human. And like nobody likes working tirelessly day after day on on a project that feels like it's going nowhere. And a lot of people don't have the choice in the matter. You know, they they just have to do that because their job is, you know, not very fulfilling or not being managed well. We as indies have the freedom. We're lucky that we have the freedom that we can actually take a day in the middle of a giant slog of trying to figure out UI table views, new crazy behavior or something like that, or some weird bug or trying to implement some really tedious new thing. We can take a break in the middle of that and do something for an afternoon or a day that, that is fulfilling that we can complete in that time. And that can work. And that can, you know, the whole reason that we, that many of us, I should say, but certainly for me, the, you know, one of the reasons why I love programming so much and one of the reasons why I became first a self-taught and then eventually a more formally taught programmer is that, you know, when when normal people, I, you know, I say, I say loosely, uh, attempt to program uh, or do something else that they don't really enjoy doing, uh, like maybe a certain subject in school growing up, uh, when they succeed, they might not get any kind of satisfaction out of that. The people who stick with programming are the ones who can make it through all the incredibly tedious and frustrating parts of it, which there are many, because they are motivated so much by the satisfaction when you make something, when something works, when you build something. You know, programmers who who really get into it are the ones who, like, that little hit of satisfaction or adrenaline or whatever it is, it motivates us through the rest. So you have to find ways... If if you're if you are that kind of person like I am, uh, you have to find ways to keep that motivation going, even when you have to go through a very very long slog. Uh, and I was very bad at that this summer. <laughs> I found it very very hard to to keep myself motivated and to work hard and and to make forward progress instead of just banging my head against the wall. Yeah, and I think one thing too that I've found to be very helpful is trying to involve other people in the process as best as you can um, is another thing that I find really helps for these kind of these long slogs. And so, you know, often it's having a very small, uh, it's not even really a beta group, but just other people who are using the app um, who can then be giving you feedback, giving you suggestions, giving you reactions, and even just giving you that sense of like, 
you know, you ship something that they enjoy or they like, and they can tell you they like it, like that's encouraging and motivating. Um, and this is well before you'd get into, you know, kind of a broader beta test or something, but just to try and make it so that it's not just you. Um, you know, even if it's just you and a couple of friends or you and your spouse or, um, whoever it is, but just making it so that it's not just like, if you can make that a little bit bigger, um, I find this really helpful. And it's also probably helpful in making sure that you're actually making progress that, you know, you can get some, you can have some some shared perspective on like, is the app better now with this update than it was before, um, or not, because you can easily sort of find yourself sucked down into the rabbit hole where you are doing something because it's what you've been working on for a long time, but you may be kind of losing the forest for the trees at a certain point. Um, so it's definitely helpful to kind of spread that out a little bit um, if you have the ability to do that. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I, I took the somewhat, I think, unusual step of developing the 4.0 UI kind of in the open. I, I did a lot of like Twitter development basically where I'd like post screenshots on Twitter and say, hey, what do you think of this? Or is this kind of weird? Or which of these four options you think would be best or work well or whatever else? Taking kind of a lot of like informal Twitter polls basically. Um, and normally I would do all this development in secret uh, and then just really, you know, release the, the final product and, you know, try to make a big splash or whatever else then um, and try to keep everything secret the whole time, which is very stressful and difficult, especially when, if you want to do a large beta. Um, and this time I just, I decided to just do it in the open in part because I was tired of keeping things secret, uh, but also in part because I wanted a little bit more of that validation and of that testing. And it actually made a better product in the end, like having public feedback on it, and you know, I know this is a luxury. Not everyone has the, you know the audience size to do, um, but you know, everyone has something like that. Like you know, whatever your um, you know abilities or resources are, use them. You know, even if it isn't you know a bunch of people on Twitter, like it can be friends in real life. It can be you know other testers. It can be people whose opinion you trust, uh, who can take a look at something and, and can give you feedback on it. Like that's incredibly valuable for not only the the, the quality of the product, um, which of course is the ultimate goal at the end. Um, but also, you know, this motiv- this motivation factor in the middle when you're just slogging through. It's nice to know that you're working on something that people actually are going are going to like. Yeah. And probably the last thing that seems like worth uh, talking about through is it's like how to wrap up kind of a big project like this um, in terms of some of the little like I don't know little mistakes I've made in the past that I try and avoid now. Um, as I was thinking about that, like the one thing that I do, um, I've never found that like having an ex- external to-do list management for code level issues or questions like never really it just doesn't work that great for me but one thing i have found to be really helpful is to leave little like breadcrumbs in my code that are help me keep track of things that i need to take care of before um, I wrap up and before I ship. And so in objective C i do these with the uh, pound warning um, i don't know what you call it like direct declaration um, where you can anywhere in Objective C, if you just say pound warning and then you write some straight, write some text, that'll show up when any when anytime you build, um, you'll get a list of those sort of, and they're almost like to dos or things that I need to make sure or check. Um, in Swift, you don't have quite the same ability, but I what I've taken to there, um, which is kind of a horrible hack, but it works, is I just uh, say let warning equal and then a string that uh, is is what needs to be fixed or taken care of. Um, so then Swift complains that that uh, that variable is unused and should instead be assigned to underscore, um, which um, works just as well. Um, but <laughs> that's a crazy be- hack. It it works though. Like it's it's Swift does not like variables that are unused, so that it. it that's how I do it now. Um, 
But these are great because these are usually these are little details that are like things I need to check or because, um, you know, what, what I don't want to do while I'm developing is like have to feel like I need to take care of every little detail as I'm going along because I may, may end up wasting a lot of energy on stuff that ends up not getting into the final version. So these tend to be little things that like, you know, it's like make sure this works in like sometimes it's localization stuff or, lo- you know, different units. Um, or it could just be, you know, tr- it's like, make sure this actually works on the, you know, the iPhone 5S, whatever the slowest device is, or like little reminders and hints. It's like a great way to kind of do it. And then as I, you know, as I, once I do my final build for the app store, I, you know, if there's no warnings, then I've taken care of all of those. Um, so that's a useful little trick. Um, one thing I always do is, um, I do a git diff from the last shipped version to the current version that I'm about to ship um, and just look through it. Like sometimes it'll be a little tedious and it'll take a little while. Um, but I've, I've, I've caught weird bugs or issues that way. And it also is just really helpful as I'm preparing my marketing material to actually like remember all of the things that have changed. And so I don't forget like cool little, you know, nuggets or features and things that I added um, because just, you know, in the scope of the size of the update, I may have missed it. So it's usually a, a worthwhile, like, you know, just spend an hour going through that diff and just kind of getting a sense of all the little changes that you made. Um, and then lastly, it's probably a, a something that I, I have been bitten by many times by not doing. And so now I'm very... I try to be very regimented about is making sure that you do a clean um, or app store install of the app onto a, you know, onto a fresh device, use it for a little while, get it set up and then test the update process uh, to your up, you know, to this big update, because the number of times you kind of forget about things that way, mm-hmm. uh, they'll come back to bite you um, <laughs> can be awful. So always make sure that you do that uh, to just catch any weird migration issues or just things that become really confusing um, because if I've, you know, I have not been, haven't been using the app store version of my app for months at this point. Um, so it's important for me to be reminded of where my customers are coming from. And it should feel really old when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.